Welcome to oh, man. That was my jam. <laughs> I got to tell you, you guys remember when uh, Space Station Mirror was just like falling out of the sky? I think tonight might be like that. So my hope <laughs> Everybody who is on the panel, everybody who is watching, and everybody's going to listen to the podcast. This, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of my head. I'm out of my. <laughs> I've got Windows 11 downloading in the background, so <laughs> I may go away. I just was talking about it and just hit the video at at a point to to start the broadcast. I was like, well, I guess we're going now. So, guys, <laughs> this train has no conductor. Uh, we'll take over, um, and we're going to have a great time as usual. But I'm telling you right now, I am. My head is somewhere else. So, God yeah, bless I was you. a little, I was a little shocked at that. I'm like, oh, we're going live. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking for like five seconds and I was like, oh, hey, the music's playing. Cool. I don't have to talk anymore. So I want you guys to know that literally in my head, I went, oh, we're going live. Cool. I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> and the mic's mute, mute. So I couldn't even apologize. I was just like, we got 30 seconds, guys. But you know what? We're going to get through this together. Um, you know, it's Friday the 13th. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, it's a lunar me. eclipse. There you go. It's not me. It's the moon. It's Jason. <laughs> it's we got the House of Fear guy on. Yeah, I mean, that's right. <laughs> um, well, you know what, everybody? I usually introduce people, but you know, fuck it, not tonight. Introduce your goddamn selves. <laughs> Nate, it's gonna be that kind of show, I see. Yeah, right. Nate. Nate, this is our first time getting to talk to you. So, Nate, please uh, tell tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little about about punk rock ninja and. Uh, and we'll get this going. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm uh, Nate Lovett. I've been an illustrator for Ed Comics since 07. When I first, my first big break was uh, Zombie Reanimated from Devil's Do. Oh, cool. Uh, based off the uh, web animated web series kind of thing. Um, if anybody remembers that. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, I've been doing all sorts of comic stuff since then. Usually helping friends, never my own stuff. Uh, Punk Rock Ninja is my own stuff. Uh, it's a 32-page uh, all-ages um, action comic uh, with ninjas, robots, punk rock. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. We're going to go in-depth on it in a little bit. Um well, we're going to get, James, this is your second time on with us. Is that correct? It certainly is, yes. All right, yeah, we're going to go one for Nate, two for James, and, uh, you know, the trilogy after you. So, James, House of Fear, let's uh, introduce yourself and your awesome uh, all-ages uh, for. Uh, you should have cut that sentence off with just saying you're awesome. I was like, oh, right <laughs> I, I I I almost hit period, and I almost just ended the broadcast. Anything can happen. Yeah, there you go. That was it. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, the writer of House of Fear. It's a uh, not quite all ages uh, scary comic for kids. It's more uh, I want them to uh, kids to learn to graduate from all ages stuff to something a little bit more exciting, a little bit more has a little bit more action, a little fear little scary kind of stuff in there. Uh, it's Goosebumps meets Tales from the Crypt, basically, is what I say. So, so what, would, what would be the floor uh, grade level? Well, you know, that's tough. That's up to 
parents, you know, I've had parents of five-year-olds say it's great. Others who have flipped through it and said, oh, no, I wouldn't let my 10-year-old read it. So uh, my son was seven when we, hmm. we had the first issue. Um, and it, I mean, comics are, you know, they're static. You read it. It's not like watching a movie with, with the music and the sound effects and all that stuff. So it's, it's pretty, uh, I, I like to consider it fairly tame but there's one or two panels every issue that kind of pushes the envelope. Um, and not every story ends well for the kids. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, the, the ones that don't end well, there's usually a moral behind it. So that, you know, okay. in theory, the kids can learn from the bad things that happen. But uh, I guess they're all monsters. You know, there's no guns or knives or blood or gore or anything. It's just, it's, for me, it's good old-fashioned fun, but uh, yeah. it's up to the parents to decide about that. We're going to need to get you with the shock-headed uh, Peter uh, people. <laughs> uh, the, the German uh, stories from the 1800s where kids pick their nose and just <laughs> he just comes out and just snaps their fingers off. <laughs> and, um, so Matta has been on twice. She's back for third time uh, for Sacrimony, which yep. I read issue three today. So I'm going to go into that a little bit, but what is the entire series for somebody if they happen to miss the first two times you graced us? Oh, well, the entire series, uh, it's about a lot of things. Like the main character is a girl who died, but she got better. Yeah. Uh, there's a catch that she has magical powers, no memory of her past, and no idea why she has to hide her demon wings from society, because now she's got demon wings. And her mom is basically that, like, well, now she got a job. So she is a single immigrant mom who's working full time in the big city, trying to raise her demon winged daughter in secret. Nice. And on the flip side of that, there is a fallen god that everyone hates. <laughs> who started this whole mess in the first place. All right. And we are going to be joined by another writer, um, Robert, last name, I want to get it, pronounce it right. Krish. Krish? Robert Krish is going to join us. He has my, uh, my greatest admiration for why he's late. He's at his kid's baseball game, I believe. And that, I mean, We'll stay up till 2 a.m. for him to join if he's at a yeah. baseball game, because I just want to hear how it went. Um, oh, yeah. No, I'm 10,000% I'm invested in this. Like, I, I will talk about the baseball game for like two hours if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shawnee, hello. No, you're the cool cat, Shawnee. Thank you for joining us. And Blake, um, yeah, I think or down. I, uh, it says turn me up to 11. I, I, this is my, <laughs> my, I can't believe I screwed it up uh, energy. So, uh, I'll probably I thought he crash. meant Windows 11. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Um, so we were talking about uh, Mariah Carey before in the uh, the back room when I just hit uh, start broadcast for no reason. And um, I was actually within about 15 feet of her. I was uh, I used to do a college uh, pro football um, Monday, a Monday morning quarterback thing for Maxim online. And so every every like Sunday night, I'd stay up all night and write dick and fart jokes about the NFL. And uh, my buddy was going down to the Super Bowl in New Orleans. And he's like, hey, we've got a floor to sleep on for free. Do you want to fly down? I'm like, yeah, I want, I want to go to the Super Bowl and do all the parties. You know, just not the game. And they were they had a huge, huge Maxim party at this time. It was when they were a thing. And uh, so he's like, yeah, I can get you into the party. It's fine. So we go into the party. 
and there's just drinks everywhere and I, I imbibe a little bit more than I should have. And they had this one hookah station with all kinds of apple tobacco, different things uh, to smoke. And I went to grab, walk to the couches to see it. And, and a very large security guard put his hand out to stop my drunken ass from entering <laughs> this area because Mariah Carey was standing in it alone no one else was allowed to the hookahs and she stood there in the middle of a club like this so she was high as a kite huh she was having a blast no one else was allowed to have fun in anywhere near her but she was having the time of her life so that is my one mariah carey uh sighting from 15 feet away that is one more than i've ever had you know what? It wasn't. I mean, I'm I'm sure she's a nice person in real life, and and if you're she, there aren't a thousand people around her that would probably make her life miserable. But you certainly were not allowed to have a moment. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was a big star like her, I wouldn't let nobody near me at a hookah station either. So <laughs> I promised I would tell my Mariah Carey story. I have told it, and. Um, Let's, That's the highlight so of the show, right there. Yeah. We, uh, well, <laughs> I know everybody. Yeah, get, it was great. Great talk. We're going to get to a deep dive on some comics. I think that's going to be the highlight. Will, where should we go first? Um, well, how about uh, how about we uh, let's go since uh, Mata came last on the uh, on the circle. Let's start there and go a deep dive on sacrimony. That's all right. Good. So, so first of all, I got to tell you some some important news that I found out. Yes. So I set up a thing on TweetDeck to look out for, you know, if anybody mentioned Sacrimony, just in case, you know, someone's promoting the campaign, I want to be able to thank them so I don't sound like an ungrateful asshole. And I just learned that there is a very popular racehorse named Sacrimony who is doing very well. <laughs> just won the Kentucky Derby, right? I think so. It was like... It apparently it, it's number 11 and it won round five. So that feels very significant for me. <laughs> I mean, it has to. I mean, it's number 11 or right around five. I mean, that that means a lot to horse racing, right? Yeah, I guess. But like, you know what? I wish it well, like kick ass ceremony. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. If you could, if it is the one that just uh, basically won Kentucky Derby, it was like one of the biggest comebacks in the history of the race. Oh my goodness, that is a metaphor if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Wasn't it also biting the other horses at the end of the race? <laughs> yeah. That is also a metaphor. I mean, anything goes, it's a full moon. Y'all don't know what I am. So I I have bad news. It's Rich Strike who who was the long shot who won, but Sacrimony is apparently doing well in other other races. So. Oh, oh, I found I found a tweet that says Sacrimony has been well supported all week since markets opened up to take out at the next scone. <laughs> you know what? Sacrimony has been doing well all week, and I'm very happy for it. It's there. There's a whole other language in horse racing, isn't there? Because like I understood every word you said, but the order you said them in makes no sense to me. It's probably because I read it wrong because I was reading it so fast, and my <laughs> mouth was moving, and the brain wasn't actually working. But you know, I tried. Happen. An attempt was made. So this is your fantasy world, and I, I, you know. We've talked about it before, but I, I do think that a lot of times we have people listening for the first time. So I know that this started as your own webcomic and you've started bringing these out as individual issues. Um, 
Best Tell decision I ever made. Yes. And <laughs> how long have you been working on the story off and on? Oh, man. I mean, if you want to get back into its like early roots, probably since I was like 12 years old, wow. which, yeah, I've been like thinking about it for like, you know, two thirds of my life, basically. And yeah, I like I didn't know what to do with it. Like I didn't read comics as a kid. So I was just like, all right, well, I have these characters and I'm just kind of like doing stuff with them. And I think it, it hit me in high school, like because like for comics, I always thought that it was just like, OK, superhero stuff, bad guys versus good guys, good guys beat bad guys, stuff like that. Like that was the only thing that could exist in comics. And then like in high school, when I was a very angsty teen, I discovered Sandman. And that was like a huge influence for me because I was like, oh, my God, there's a story where like these gods are just being like assholes. And like, I do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Sandman opened my eyes to what a comic book could be. I know, you know, like he says that Alan Moore's Swamp Thing opened his eyes to what a comic book could be. But yeah, I mean, just I, I remember reading um, the the prelude to um, when uh, Morpheus is going to uh, go to hell and, and get his dream back. And he puts all of his battle stuff on and I was so excited for the battle that was going to come. And then the next issue was just, you know, Lucifer and Morpheus walking around having a big, long talk for the entire issue. And I was like, holy shit, that is. Yeah, like there's no like fight fight. There's no like fisticuffs or anything. Like it blew my mind that that as well. Like that was the moment where I was just like, so it doesn't all have to be about action. Yeah, that, and so yeah, and, I, I know and, exactly. And there was what you're a saying. fight. There was a fight where they were like, uh, like Morpheus was going back and forth with the guy who stole his thing. Who I mean, it's been years since I read it, but it was like they were just saying like what what sort of like metaphorical thing they were to try and beat the other one. And then Morpheus was like, I am hope. And mm-hmm. the guy's just like, okay, you win, you beat everything. <laughs> yeah, because if you if you just took even a moment's hesitation and you didn't have an answer, you would lose. Um, yeah, it was just a riddle game to mm-hmm. defeat the forces of hell. Uh, no, I I mean everything goes back to Neil Gaiman on the show. So cheers. <laughs> there. <laughs> so when did you put pen to paper for the first, or or I should say, uh, pen to paper or digital pen to screen for the first time on this? Uh, it was in early 2016, I think is when I first started doing the comics as a webcomic. And it was it was rough because it was like, I like I've been drawing for most of my life, but then I had like a really bad time from about like 2008 to about like 2013, where I just didn't really like write or draw anything. Those like they were dark times. And so then, you know, 2016 was me trying to kind of like pick up where I left off. And I was like super out of practice. I was using tools that I had like never used before. Uh, I didn't like quite know how to tell the story or like how to pace it. Like for the webcomic, I I paced it like way too fast in terms of like I wasn't explaining things well. And I was just like, you know, it's a webcomic. People are waiting for like a page a week. I got to make it worth it. Got to move the story. Got to move the story. And like it suffered a lot for that. And it's really nice to be able to correct all of those mistakes. Like a lot of readers have said that the original story had like really good bones, but they just needed to be like moved around properly. Mm-hmm. So like, it's nice to be able to actually like build up the technical skill and like the writing skill and stuff to do it justice. Oh, that's exciting. I, I, like I said, I was reading issue three uh, today. It's a wild um, ride. 
I love it, it was in and what I was really um, into as a straight white male uh, and who has lived my life, you know, as the white privilege has just been there to, to see the uh, people react to the mother and touch her ears and her mouth. And I felt like you really gave me a window into what it looks like when the privileged people act without any compassion or oh, thought. Fun fact about that. That was my experience working retail. Oh, okay. Wow. So, you know, put a little of that in there. Like people would always like grab my hair, like, oh, your hair is so nice. I'm like, yes, but don't touch me. Or they like, you know, touch my face. Like, oh, you have such a good complexion. I'm like, oh, get your oily hands away from me. Like <laughs> right. my complexion won't be that great when you're done with me. Please leave me alone. <laughs> so like I had to put that in there. No, it was it was a a wonder not a not a fun moment as a reader, but it was a very enlightening and I thought powerful moment. And oh, it was it was also kind of inspired by the scene in Toy Story three. You know, like when the toys go to like the daycare center for the first time and they get like completely manhandled by the toddlers. That was like yeah. the most traumatic thing I've ever seen, and it's like I kind of associate it with that scene. <laughs> okay. And your your art in in issue four, like the color palette. How did you? Uh, what what thought goes into your coloring as well as your art? I have literally zero plan, and I just start throwing colors. And like, if it doesn't work, I throw other colors until I figure it out. Like that is legit. Like, I I'm self taught. Like I don't know color theory at all. I'm just like I'm gonna keep changing the colors on this until it finally looks good. <laughs> How long does that usually take? It takes like a couple of hours to finally build up like a good palette. Mm -hmm. But once I've got like a palette for the entire scene, it's like complete smooth sailing from there. Oh, okay. As a non-artist, I'm just like, she picked blue. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. But it's, it's like you have to pick the right shade of blue because, I mean, if you add the blue that has too much green, then it looks weird or too much purple or, you know, it's in, in theory, it's, it sounds so simple. But. Oh, well, and this is, we have to, you know, we have to, you know, shake our fists at you because you do all this yourself and yeah. you, know, you make us poor writers look bad because Aww. what we do is. Oh, yeah. I, I handmade the fonts too. So, like, all of the language fonts and everything, like, I've made like 10 different fonts for this comic. You're, you're not helping. Okay. Yeah, you can't yeah. <laughs> make it worse. That's something I want to do. I just haven't gotten to do that yet. I think you should just buy them for Meta. Yeah. <laughs> oh. There's there's a really easy site. I wish I could remember what it was called. It used to be called My Script Font, where it was like a thing that you just print out the template and you handwrite the letters onto it, and then you scan it and you upload it to the site, and then it just turns it into a font. And it's it's so cool. Mm. So yeah. I don't. If you look up myscriptfont.com, I'm sure you'll get the uh, the new thing. I think it's like Calligrapher or something, but it's it's easy and it's free which is the most important part for my broke ass. Hmm. Here, here. <laughs> is there a physical catch up? I'm going through the tiers right now for people to get all four issues if they happened. Yeah, did it, I think it was higher up. Did we scroll past it while I was blabbing away or did I not put it? Do I have to fix that? Did I, did I make a mistake? Let's see, up more. Yeah, I think I had a thing that was like new to the series. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, it might be above that, above. 
Yeah, I have oh, different levels nice. of catch-ups. Okay. Like, I have a really basic catch-up that just has, like, either the books or if you just want the PDFs. And then I have the deluxe ones that have, like, the audio commentary, a.k.a. me cursing into a microphone for, like, 22 <laughs> minutes uh, for per per book. So, you know, if you want, like, over an hour of cursing, this is this is what's up. As a, as a daughter of a 13-year-old that's hearing us curse more often and laughs every time she does. Um, oh, I've already backed this. I hit the wrong button. Yeah. Going off the rails again. It's uh, all you, good. Um, you cursing while you decide which colors to use? Always, <laughs> always cursing. Well, so we've—I know we've talked to you a little bit about this. You're, you're, you're kind of going back and you're reworking the stuff from you know the web comic. Uh, do you have an endpoint? And I'm sure we asked you this the last time, but I can't remember what happened yesterday. So, uh, what what's kind of the? I mean, I'm sure you have some arcs set up, but. If this goes to the, if you if you tell all of your story, how far how far will this go? Oh man, I'll probably still be like seventy years old. Like, God damn it, <laughs> the parallel's not working. Like, you know, I'll get like a southern accent somehow. Because yeah. it just happens when you get old, right? It happens to all of us. It yeah. does. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's I do definitely have like a set ending that I'm working towards so it's not just going to be like I'm just going to keep making shit up like forever and ever and get money from everyone as cool as that would be uh yeah there's there's definitely a set ending but it's a matter of like just figuring it out like how to get there because mm -hmm. there's there's so much shit that's going to happen you guys like so much like stay tuned <laughs> no it's a huge world so it's exciting to see you branch off and, and create new things. And and I, I said this the last time, I like this fantasy because it it feels very fresh. It, it, I love Tolkien. You give me elves, you give me, you know, ants, you give me, you know, I, I'm cool with that. I, I want magic rings. I, I love traditional fantasy, but I also like just being like, no, there, here's this one, there's, there's God of dusk, God of day, God of day fucks up, <laughs> murders somebody for some reason. <laughs> and like you said, everybody hates him. Um, you know, I, I, I like that it's just a brand new um, a thing that you guys, that you guys, that you have. All of me. It's, um, it's the royal, all, you guys. All, yeah. the, the, the letterer, the font maker, the artist, the writer. <laughs> I like that you've just created your many of your own worlds, not even your own world, many of your own and that's cool and yeah the goal was to do something that like people didn't have any sort of predisposition towards because like once you start throwing in like all right this is god this is the devil these are angels these are demons like there's already associations with there it starts to feel like very christian it doesn't like mm -hmm. feel like its own thing same thing with like you know if i threw in elves and dwarves and stuff there's already that you know predisposition to like all right well Elves live in the forest, and if I deviate from that, then like people are going to be like, "Oh no, why are they in the city? Why is that right. like that?" Like I, I wanted to do something where people had like no expectations, and they just kind of had to like figure everything out. Like they couldn't go into this knowing like, "All right, well, dwarves like this, and they like that." It's just like there's these little blue people in a mountain. Like what is going on here? Like let me find out more about them. No, it was beautiful. All right, we will get. Well, there's actually a comment. Let me check and see. Um, the god of cobwebs and dim corners, Johnny Myers says. Well, um, so you're up to issue four. Are there plans to collect this, like in a trade yes. or hardcover? Ooh. Yes, there is actually. Like, I wasn't going to talk about it too much, but I'll I'll let you guys in on it. 
that once issue five is done, I definitely want to collect them together as like this grand graphic novel. I plan on doing things like if I get questions from the audience, I'll make like little comics answering them. And like, I just want to make it this like cool celebration of a book to also show how far I've come because like I tried to kickstart the original like chapter one webcomic. And I think I raised like, I barely met my goal and I had like 22 backers. And now I'm just like, like it's, I've come so far and I want to celebrate that with the people who have been like following the story for so long. So mm -hmm. like, I'm hoping to, you know, make something that's like, like the story itself will be like 150 pages and then, you know, just tack on like 50 to 100 pages of just extra bonus stuff for people and like, just make it this really cool, awesome book. That's awesome. I have good news. We're going to find out about the baseball game. Who won? <laughs> yes, who won? We've been waiting. Robert, welcome to Explain Yourself. Thank How are you, buddy? Thank Explain you. the baseball game. Can you, yeah. can you hear me? Do I, do I sound okay out it's there? Not, you you sound great. We uh we are on pins and needles. Is this was this a win tonight? A loss okay. tonight? How did we do? I I will cut to the chase. It, we won. Yes, we yeah. won the game. I feel like I should be eating pizza now. <laughs> I just I just came from a uh, little post game uh, pizza party, nice. and it man today has been an emotional day, man. And this this game was crazy. Uh, I've been working with my son all season. He hasn't gotten – he got one hit at the first game of the season, and it's been like 13 games without a hit. Mm -hmm. And he looks – we've just been working on it. Just We keep pounding that rock, man. Uh -huh. so pounding that rock. And he's just been working so hard. And I said, just wait till the playoffs. That's when it counts. Just get yeah. to the playoffs. And he got a hit tonight. Nice. Nice. He got a hit. So then I'm like holding back and it's so emotional, man. And I'm like holding back tears. Right. And then we get to the very end and they need to, they need to have a closer and all our like top string pitchers are um, out. So they turn to my son, Max, and they go, okay, Max, get, get in there, man. You, you have to close this out. And, I, <laughs> and so we've been talking about it. He says that he's good for one strong inning. Okay. And he can shut them down, but after that, he he'll <laughs> give up four runs. So he turned to me. He goes, he's on the mound waiting, and he goes, uh, "I'm I'm really nervous about that." And I said, "Hey, Max, look in the stands over there." And my wife was there, and she's just like this. And then, and then when we when she when Max turned, she went like this. She goes, "Ah!" She goes, "Oh, oh, you got it, Max. You got it." <laughs> <laughs> But I turned to him and I said, hey, Max, we've been saying you've got one good inning, right? And he's like, yeah. And and he did. He shut him down. One, two, three. Oh, and we got awesome. out of there. And it was one of those bad news bears moments at the end where they win and all the, these little like eight and nine and 10 year old kids are all jumping up and down. And... <laughs> oh. So it was good. It was great. It was. No, that was is wonderful. awesome. Yeah. yeah. If anybody, any creators are out there, you are always allowed to come late for your kids' sports. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. I'm excited. I'm like that. That's awesome. And and for for it to him to do that well, that is that. Yeah. Was, yeah. I, I think I might have. I'm growing my heart back. I think you know, like, it was, a, it was a, like heart grew three sizes yes. that day. <laughs> you know, it's funny as a coach, what I've had to learn this year is to kind of be even keel. You just have to kind of be Zen about everything and not be too high and too low. And then I've actually achieved that. I'm proud of myself for, for achieving that. But after the game, I just was like, 
I was tearing up. I just kind of had to walk away and so emotional. That's awesome. What a wild, it's just a crazy, crazy day. I'm going to say, though, it sounds like he's got more than one good inning in him if he just shut him down one, two, three. Well, he he struck out one, and then they got two hits. But our defense, you know, defense with Little League is very hit and miss, you know. So uh, they can look fantastic, or the ball can hit off their toe and bounce in the outfield, and they score four runs on you. So uh, (laughs) we had two fantastic plays, and yeah, and now we're moving on the next round awesome well you missed the point where we do like the little 30 second elevator pitch so let's let's uh do that for turner family terrors then we're going to sure. go deep dive into one of the other books and then we'll get back sure to your deep turner, turner family terrors is a um, horror comedy family adventure um think uh, the simpsons uh, meets hellboy um it, it it has a little bit of a, a whimsical kind of scooby-doo look to it but it's an adult book uh it's adult adult humor like south park or rick and morty as there's a a few f-bombs um floating around there so uh don't don't read this to your kids uh you can read a james's books to your kids my kids uh read uh james's books but um I would say my main influence is um, Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein. Nice. And it's really that like kind of classic horror black and white look across with a uh, like an updated, absurd, over the top uh, comedy. And for me, my story uh, at the heart of it, it's about a family that's kind of um, uh, navigating their own um, a dysfunction and sort of traversing the pitfalls of parenthood. So for me, it's like a personal story because I'm just kind of this um, like bumbling dad that is doing his best to try to not uh, piss off his wife and screw up his kids. So, um, so I get to tell my stories. I get to tell uh, my anecdotes about my frustrations and my sadness and my joy and but mainly lean into the humor and the kind of like inappropriate situations we get into as, um, you know, parents. Um, so, yeah, but for me, it's like uh, I get to do all this stuff and I, it's, it's focused on a family, but I get to also layer on top of that um, st- monster stories and mystery and uh, myth and action adventure and urban fantasy um, and dick jokes and spit nice. takes, you know? So it's like, you sort of like throw that all together and that's, um, that's Turner family tarot's Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think you, you, we, we went from baseball. I think that, that takes me to James. Let's do house of fear. Um, baseball. Yeah. Isn't in your little, in no, your no, little yeah, guys. Yeah. There's a kid with like a baseball uniform, right? Yes. On the cover. Oh, yeah. You're talking about my comic now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baseball. James, this is a, Sorry, this is a show about... I'm still about... thinking about Mariah Carey and no. uh, the hooker stuff. J- James, catch up, buddy. This is, a, this is a show about comic books, and you made one, and it's got a kid with a fucking baseball. Spoiler, no. it doesn't end yes. well for that kid. Oh. <laughs> is that is that from Nightmare Theater 2? By, or Nightmare <laughs> Theater 1, by any yes, chance? Yes, it is. It is. I had to uh, change the ending significantly <laughs> oh yeah, so is that, it that oh it's dark. different 
Yeah, so I changed the ending and I added uh, two pages to the front to, uh, so when I pitched it to, to Clay, uh, I had already planned on it to be a house of fear, uh, but since he, he had limits for page count, so I chopped the first two pages off and then made the ending uh, much more bloody. <laughs> so, so you basically, in, in a comic book form, did what Showtime does with pornos. Like, <laughs> so you have like an, a really hard R horror, and also a. It's but it's the same story. That's awesome. It, it's it's this yeah it's the same story. I didn't I I just basically took out the blood, uh -huh. and the there was one or two panels that were fairly graphic with the gore. Right, I toned that down. Um, but that's but the, the feeling's still there, you know the the killing. Right, <laughs> <laughs> the most important part. Yes. No, so, I, but I, the, 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 the by adding the first two pages, I, I don't want to. I mean, I guess knowing that the kid doesn't make us not a big deal, but by adding the first two pages, I get that. I said earlier when I introduced the series that. Uh, if things don't end well for the kids, there's a, a moral to it. Those right. first two pages had the moral that came out at the end. Gotcha. I chopped off. So, like, if you read the Nightmare Theater version, it's just no moral, lots of blood and gore at the end. Right, right. <laughs> so. so how, do you, how do you come up with which stories go in your volumes? Do you just kind of whatever excites you the most? Are there themes or how do you put that together? Uh, so with this one, actually, I just put all the stuff that wasn't in the Dark Horse book. Okay. Uh, so that made it a lot easier. I didn't have to choose anything. I just said, <laughs> and I got I kind of got lucky too because it's 176 pages, which is, you know, the way that printing works and all that stuff. It's divisible by 16. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I know somebody's. You know, some mathematicians out there. Wait a second. That's not right, but. Now, I, I, I crunched the numbers like 50 times. It was hilarious to watch me make sure that, that all, all that math worked. <laughs> I did turn in a book once with 30 pages um, and wanted to go to print two pages later, two days later. And uh, Sam, Sam at uh, Print Laura is like, uh, this is really easy, Kevin. It just <laughs> it has to be divisible by four. And I said, I knew that. I just forgot yeah <laughs> it's easier to say that i forgot than i added or i you know divided wrong wait no i mean not divided by four wait what the campaign started a month ago and i was like yeah we're gonna have two two pages of backfiller and then the campaign ended and i had not done that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it's that's that's as far as that goes it's pretty simple uh all my stories are relatively standalone there's a few easter eggs and a couple of them that connect multiple multiple stories so that kind of shows that they're in the same universe a lot of kids go to the same uh middle school but uh other than that it was just uh grabbing all the stuff that i had ready to roll well oh, you also awesome. have a a kind of a a host character right yeah Boyle, the house of fear caretaker yep mm -hmm. So he introduces every every story, and he's kind of got uh, a little split personality going on. So he's a nice grandfatherly type that introduces the story, and then at the end, he's 
more cranky okay. <laughs> and uh he doesn't like kids as much <laughs> or that's that tone he's this that he has you know he loves kids i guess but uh he likes tell, telling them scary stories so i like kids more when i first meet them than when i've spent a lot of time with them usually <laughs> yeah they're pretty relatable right yeah <laughs> and as you can see yeah you're scrolling right past the uh so I think the last I looked, we needed three more people. If I get three more people by midnight, which is two and a half hours, we'll throw in 13 more extra digital comics. So we got 197 back, which we got to get to 200. Yeah, we're trying to get to 200 by midnight. Nice. Oh, we can do that. Oh, yeah. So that'll be, uh, once that happens, uh, hopefully that happens, uh, it'll be 26 total. I had a whole bunch of milestones planned for... Uh, Friday the 13th, because I love Jason Voorhees. Uh -huh. I don't love him, love him, but I do <laughs> like the movies. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. We'll see. No, I, we'll see um, I like these because they're, like you said, I said all ages and you said not really. There is a, it's not for the littlest kids. Yeah, I think kids should have a little danger in what they, what their entertainment is. I don't think it should always be safe, that safe. I mean, I don't want you to, I wouldn't show my kid Nightmare Theater, that story. I wouldn't show her that yet. Right. But I certainly would show her a story where the kids don't win at the end. Um, yeah, and there's, uh, like I said, it's, I don't want to say it's, I pull punches or I water it down because they're, I try to make it as gripping a story as possible. Uh, so that they're entertaining for adults, but they're much more gripping and exciting for kids. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and even the title, House of Fear, I, I debated that title for a long time because it sounds, to, I'll be honest, when I'm at a convention, a lot of parents walk by, they'll see that name and just, oh, no, that's, that's not my, for, for my kid. But my goal is for the actual reader, not necessarily the purchaser. But like, mm -hmm. I like to imagine a kid like in his bedroom with the covers over him, maybe with a flashlight. And he's assuming that like mom and dad think that this is too scary, which mm -hmm. enhances the thrills. Right. So that's why I kind of, I kept that name, hoping that it could get through the gatekeepers, which are mom and dad. <laughs> and uh, the kid might be like, oh, House of Fear, that sounds really scary. Mom and dad doesn't, they don't want me to read this. So I'm going to hide from them and read it. And then in reality, mom and dad are like, oh yeah, reread it already, it's fine. But they're not going to let you know. Right. <laughs> their son or daughter know that. So, well, you said there's a uh, 176 pages in here. How many stories are you collecting, and uh, who's who's the rest of your uh, creative team on this? So there's that's eight stories. Uh, so most of my stories, I think the shortest ones, fit 14 pages. They're anyway between 14 and 32 pages. I uh, I try to make sure that they're I tell the story in as many pages as are necessary. So, uh, you know, a lot of anthologies are like trying to keep it to eight to 10, mm -hmm. which is, a, that's a really hard to tell a story in eight to 10 pages, I think. Um, yeah. So I like to, I like to uh, let the stories breathe a little, add a little humor, get to know the characters a little bit. Um, so that's kind of why I try to let them, you know, have shorter or longer stories. But uh, mm -hmm. I've been, I've been so lucky. Uh, uh, Jethro came on with issue three, uh, but so Jethro Morales is the artist, 
the main artist. And then uh, James Highslope is the guy that draws Boyle, the, okay. the host. And Josh Jensen is the colorist. And then Matt Crotcher is the letter designer. And they've been on since the beginning. So I, it's, I, I don't know how I've managed to get so lucky <laughs> to have what, how many, I, that's three, over 300 pages by the same art team. Yeah, that's amazing. That is, that's crazy. But I will, yeah. I mean, uh, Jethro has moved on to Marvel. He's doing a lot of Marvel stuff. Uh, uh, Josh is working a lot more with DC on the coloring. So uh, the last two, the last two stories we created took a lot longer to get done just because they're, they're spread so thin, but uh, right. so far we've been managed, managed to keep it alive. And, and as, as far as the right, I'm, I'm the writer, but it's kind of fun to watch the art progress. Um, just to watch, to see how much better all the artists have gotten over the years. I've, I've been working on this book for, I think, five years. Um, and I kind of, I don't, I want to, I don't want to say like, I don't know anything about art or anything about colors, because I know a little bit. Uh, but I've learned so much about colors from Josh, but just watching him work. Well, and, what and, and, what I've learned is you just um, make it up as you go. And, and you just, <laughs> if you don't like it, you just change it. And then once you get the whole palette for the page, it goes pretty smoothly. <laughs> yeah, we have that on, tip, we, you guys. <laughs> we have that on expert authority, actually. Okay? Yeah, that's the like, way, I that's know the a lot about colors it. either, but I just, I just, just mess around and find out. A lot of crazy makeups. <laughs> so I I was able to with this one. I feel like I'm shouting. Am I shouting? Uh, these, I'm, I'm not used to these head these, this headset. So I feel like I'm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but no one said I'm shouting. I, are you guys even? No, can you guys I, hear me? I can't hear you. Can you go a little louder? <laughs> uh, so with uh, this 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 by doing the trade, there are a couple of things that stuck out to me that I didn't like. In the in the issues and because i had to fix hair today gone tomorrow to have a little bit of a cleaner ending in that mm -hmm. those first two pages i went in and tweaked some things for the other stories and uh one of those things that well, we actually nate helped me with that uh there were a couple of panels missing uh the the stuffed animal in uh, the infestation of Mr. Skinny Legs. <laughs> so I asked Nate to help me draw, you know, put him, put that stuffed animal in. It turned out, <laughs> I feel so bad because it was supposed to be like three or four panels. It turned out to be like 23. <laughs> <laughs> it's super easy, though. I mean, it was just this tiny little. And, and it looks great. It's completely <laughs> seamless. Uh, so you did a great job, and I appreciate that for sure. But so Josh had to go, you know, color that too. And because Josh has grown as a colorist in the last two years or whatever it was, he decided to change other pages. So then the whole thing, I think of the 32 pages, I want to say 27 were changed in some way because of his coloring, the, the stuffed animal, or I took the chance to fix some dialogue. I didn't like the mm -hmm. ending had a little bit too after school special feel to it just in this one panel and I asked Matt, Hey, let's, can we get rid of that? And that's something that a kid might actually say. 
So anyway. Yeah. Well, so did the, uh, I mean, I know you're an editor, wink, wink. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I do a little editing. Uh, did, did, did the time away from the story kind of give you, you know, a better editorial eye against it? Because I know that I am my worst editor, which is why, you know, I, I have you, but, um, you know, that, <laughs> that distance, you know, is really hard to get. And, and since you had done the story previously, did, did that help you, you know, kind of go back and look at it more objectively or, uh, you know, it did, it did. Like if, I, if you don't get that freedom, I guess, with, if you're doing a series, uh, you have five issues, say you can't go back to issue two and say, Oh, you know what? I screwed this whole scene up. We should have chopped his hand off. And you know, go back. Oh, now he has his hand or whatever. That doesn't happen. You can't do that. Mm. But because these are all standalone stories, I could do a little bit of that. Um, but at the same time, like like you said, I could go back and change everything because we we all grow. We all look back at our stuff. Even just two months ago, it, once they're on paper and finalized, you're like, oh, I wish I had done that differently. Mm -hmm. um, but I kind of forced myself not to do too many changes, just just something that's subtle that might help the reader figure something out or um, with my by introducing the uh, stuffed animal. It makes a the whole <laughs> I hate to admit it, but like the whole story was about the stuffed animal. This kid goes missing and the, the sister takes that stuffed animal as she goes looking for him. Um, and it just didn't make sense that <laughs> to have a stuffed animal show up halfway through. Uh, so in that instance, yeah, I, I, my editorial eye was much keener, you know, <laughs> to <laughs> after 32 pages were drawn and colored. So, okay. Whatever you say, George Lucas. <laughs> it's funny you you were saying that and i was thinking about how much i really disliked a new hope because it felt like he changed everything because he could but empire strikes back he just changed things that made it better and it was right. at least you know the planets looked better the spaceships looked better and Cloud that's City. kind of all he did like, yeah. like he just kind of just made it small changes that made the viewing experience better and new hope just like i'm gonna have a dinosaur fart and you're like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing man so i'm glad that you went empire on this and not new hope yeah uh, me too actually it, it it was incredibly difficult i'm not gonna lie because once you make a change mm -hmm. you're like oh well should i make that other change yeah and that is a very slippery slope i mean it's, yeah, because uh, at you know, like at some point, it's finished is better than perfect, and yeah. you kind of have to be finished. But yeah, if you can, if you can tinker and improve, I think that's well worth the effort. But you got, you can't, you're not re re drawing. You're, you know, that's <laughs> so good call. Yeah, I'm, uh, and I'm glad, I'm grateful uh, Nate was able to step in and help with that. And it was my yeah. pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean it. These are special editions, but maybe they could be. Maybe there'll be a House of Fear Volume Two, the Empire Strikes Back version. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> less new hope or less less hope could be the name. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to work on that. 
<laughs> well, Nate, let's, that seems like a, a, a very uh, nice segue to get into Puck Rock Ninja a little bit. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, so you said this is yours. You yeah. are, are you going uh, full Mata on us? Did you uh, write, draw, color, yeah, and letter? I, yeah, I'm doing it all. The only thing I didn't do is edit, which actually James nice. <laughs> did that for me. What? <laughs> It's a great, it's so awesome. It is a really good book. So, yeah, I uh, wrote it. It started off as a, a eight-page pitch for an all-ages anthology that got rejected, which was fine because it was a last-minute throw-together idea that I liked it enough that I wanted to do more with it, and it ballooned to 32 pages. Mm -hmm. so, and now I'm trying to figure out how to do more because I've gotten reception and interest in it has been more than I anticipated, I guess. So I was like, okay, I definitely have to come up with more now. So I see Boyle. There's Boyle. Yeah. There's Boyle, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so this is your first campaign, correct? Yes. Yeah. First campaign figured might as about time to I've had enough people tell me I need to get a Kickstarter going because I've got other you know, ideas and books I want to do. And this is the one I decided to go with straight off. Okay. It's so vibrant. Like as soon as I saw that, James uh, said, Hey, can my buddy come on? And I was like, of course. Yeah. 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 And then I looked at the page. I'm like, Oh shit. If I would have seen this anyway, I would have been looking for this guy anyway. <laughs> the, the, it's just so vibrant. And the art is just so strong. Them some good color palettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to school for it. Well, <laughs> did, did they teach you the way Mata does it? Is that was it like a plenty short of class that way? Because actually, a page I was doing earlier just was not working, and I changed colors after colors after colors, and finally found something that I liked. So. I feel so validated. Thank you. <laughs> just because I went to school doesn't mean it always works out that way. You know, when you were talking, I'm joking, but you were talking, it reminded me of what Fellhound told us about her art. Like, mm -hmm. she just kind of, like, looks at the page and thinks about what colors might look good, and if she thinks red will look good, all of a sudden, her lead character has rocket shoes because she needs red. Yeah, and then you know, like, okay, she has rocket shoes, and that's a, a new thing that's in the story. So, like, it's everybody's finding their art while they're doing it. It's just not everybody is as honest as you are. <laughs> oh, hey, that's the guy. That's the guy that did the comic. Yeah, yep. no. Oh, wow. Yeah. We should get him on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you do you write out a full script and then draw yeah. from it? Do you um I I start off with notes and I uh build it into a full script. I've worked so many different ways with other people's scripts that uh it's it feels weird to not work with a script for me. So I, I read out a full script and then work from that. So Awesome. Well, now we oh. saw the we saw the picture of Boyle up there. So I I assume you you're doing a crossover print with uh, with the House yeah. of Fear and James. So that if they how how does that work? That is um, if you back both uh, Punk Rock Ninja and House of Fear, you get the uh, crossover print. 
at the physical level? Um, physical and digital level. Send the digital file, you know. Nice. Yeah. Tate, Tate echoes all of our sentiment. It looks great. It just, it does. It's vibrant and it's fun. And um, so you said you have, you're looking for ideas to kind of expand this. Yeah. So this is a standalone story I'm, I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a standalone story, but it's definitely left open where you could do a lot more with it. Um, I just have to figure out what. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, you gotta park downhill, man. You gotta park downhill. That's why you get the cliffhanger at the end. Gives you something to start with the next time. I just, I just want to commend all the, all you guys who are uh, the writers and artists. Like, I think it's just amazing. Like I, I can't draw at all. And for me as a writer, being able to give something to my artist and then they, do their thing and then I get it back. And then there's like a certain rush about mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. I just, one of the, one of the, my favorite things is being able to work with artists. Cause I just, I just hold them in such high esteem. They, they, you just do something that is, is beautiful. And, and I just, my brain, I just can't do it. So, so it's very cool. It's a, I, I, whenever, writers and uh are, are also the artists and you know i just big big props to you guys so. yeah that, thank you that raises a question as the writer and artist do you guys get a rush when you send yourselves the art? <laughs> do you email no, yourself I, when you go to bed and wake up to it i'm like oh my god this asshole sent me more work i can't believe this <laughs> I, yeah i keep for whatever reason drawing things with crowd scenes yeah <laughs> Yeah, let's do, you know. You got to talk to your writer, man. Just about everything I've done has had a crowd scene. And I mean, because this has, you know, a concert venue with numerous people in it. Uh Um, One of the other books I'm working on is Carter Kane. There's been a packed airport. There was a market, a packed, like, diner. (laughs) I keep filling things with people and it, Yeah. I can't just do talking heads. I gotta torture myself. Apparently, yeah, I mean, but there's, just, there's, oh, oh, sorry, there's, isn't there the, just her okay. in a coffee shop with one, with one other person? <laughs> she goes acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> but there's acoustic, also kind of like a, a zen thing yeah. when you get into doing a crowd scene where you just kind of like switch the brain off and like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's the same case for you, Nate. But like, especially when I'm inking, it's just like okay, I can just like play some metal and just sit there and just kind of turn the brain off and ink. And then suddenly it's like eight hours later. I'm like, Oh, I haven't stood up for a while. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, I, I want to speak something into existence here. Uh, Kevin actually draws a little bit. He does his scripts uh, to give, to give uh, Ludo kind of an idea. And I think he needs to include some of those in some back matter in an issue of art or, in a hardcover, perhaps. Yeah, I, Maybe. Uh, a little bit is doing a lot of work there. <laughs> I do draw a little. I do bit. my yeah, I do my thumbnails too. Yeah. When I and I and I'm so like proud of some of the stuff, and I and I do it, and then I think, you know what? I want this to actually kind of look good, so I'll open up the book and I'll kind of look at what Ski has drawn, and I'll kind of like try to draw it a little bit. 
And some of, and I have put it, I have a big process packet of all the stuff. And so you can, and, and there was a joke one time, I, I haven't done it yet, but I wanted to post stuff on there and, and just switch them, say that, that my, the finished work is my thumbnails and, you know, my thumbnails is the finished work and whatever. But uh, uh, it's cool. I, I like to do that. It takes a lot of, it takes time, but as a writer, like I, I think that's a must. You yeah. know, you have you have to do that because every time I write my script, then I do my thumbnails and my script always changes. I'm always able to cut down panels and I'm always to, able to streamline things a little bit better. So then then I I'll change my thumbnails and then everything is ready to go to my artist. So it's um, yeah, for, for me, I think it's it's, it's a must. Well, I I have to do the thumbnails so that I literally can feel what fits on a page. I don't mm -hmm. really, if I just typed it down, I'd probably have, you know, 18 panels on every page. Yeah. Whereas, you know, they're, they're, they're so bad that I literally write the characters' names on which stick figure is which. It's not. <laughs> really? Yeah, I have to, I have to, so that I know that which one is Tartan, which one is a demon. Although I'll put big horns on the demon. Um <laughs> And then Ludo figures it all out. But um, yeah, if it, it's the only way that I can really feel how much real estate I really actually have. And then, of course, the artist can, you know, change the layout how he or she feels because they know better how it's going to look. But yeah. Do you so thumbnails for every page? Uh, that No, my first draft is thumbnails. That's That's my first draft of the story is... I, I number 24 pages, you know, right side of the sheet, number one, left is two, three, four. And I just draw out the story. Um, and then if I get to like page 16 and I'm barely out of the beginning, I go, oh, shit, I got to <laughs> I got to restart. I've, I've got too much story for an issue. But um, I just I don't write. I draw the story and then I really write the script. Yeah. OK. Because if yeah. I, I think I'd draw, I'd write a, I'd write a Charlie Stickney script. I'd have a forty-eight page uh, issue, <laughs> and you know who can do that? Charlie Stickney, not <laughs> Kevin Joseph. <laughs> See, that's interesting. I, I can't. I well, I can't draw at all. I mean, my stick figures even suck. But yeah. from, for me, it's, it's building up. You know, I, I, you build up the text kind of like, you know, this is what happens in the issue. Then break that up into this happens on this page and this page and this page. And then, okay, if this has to happen on this page, how many panels do I want to take to tell that? And I've, it's so a part of the way I work on, you know, on a, on a, you know, a keyboard that I, I can't even imagine trying to do that, you know, on pencil and paper or something. That's, that's, I mean, it's cool, but I, I just, I, there's no way I could do that. Yeah, that's the cool I'll, thing about comics. You do it how it works for you. Yeah. yeah, that's what's great about this is you can just find your own way. Mm -hmm. So I'll take um, eight, eight pages of blank paper and then fold them in half and staple them to create my little mini comic. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do all my thumbnails on each page so that way I can also nailed down like the page turn reveals mm -hmm. right so i can make sure that those hit on the right mm -hmm. right side um so 
That yeah. sounds like a one-of-one uh, one reward tier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have my folder and I, with all my printouts and stuff, and I have my, my own little uh, comic uh, in there. And um, it's interesting. I, I just, I give everything, I give so much to my artists. Like when writers, it, it's it, like every comic writer does it a little bit different. Some people don't have a whole lot of um, description on there, a lot of ink on the page. Um, some people have a lot of description. Uh, when I was starting with my artist, I was very paranoid about giving him what he needed so I asked him and he sent me a script and it had a lot of description. It had um, some uh, hyperlinks to uh, images that inspired um, the artist. And so I, I do that as well. And then I do, I go one more step and I do my thumbnail pages and I do a, put a link to that on each page. So it's just, it's a ton of work. But at that point, there's a little bit of a language barrier between me and Ski. He's a, he's a, a Russian speaker. So, but he speaks English. He reads, uh, reads and writes. But I just wanted to make sure he has everything. But then for me, what I learned pretty early on, and this was pretty easy, was that to like let go. And like at that point, I give everything to him. And then now it's his comic. Like he he does his thing and mm -hmm. that's why I hired him and that's why he's awesome. And so I let him do his thing and I get it back and it's at least what I had in mind, but mm -hmm. then any changes that he's made probably 20% of the time, they're just that much better. And so uh, it's a, it's a lot of work, but it's like a good, it tur turned out to be a pretty good workflow that way. S so Nate and Matt, I'm going to ask you guys because you write and draw your own thing. Um, how much conjiggering is there after you've laid out a page? Are there ever pages that you completely relay out after you've done it? Or is it kind of once it's there, it's there? Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, uh, you can go first. Oh, <laughs> damn, put me on the spot. <laughs> like the way that I work usually is I kind of put just the basics of what I think is going to be said. And like, I'll come back to it later once the whole thing is like drawn and colored or what and whatever. But like, uh, I'll basically put the text on the page, kind of move it around be like, all right, this leaves enough room for something to happen. I'll do the thumbnails and I'll do that for like a chunk of scene, which it could be, you know, like five pages or 10 pages or whatever. And then I'll just leave it. And I'll come back to it after a week and then be like, all right, let me see what works, what doesn't work, if this is too long, if it needs something else. So there's there's still a lot of like moving things around. Sometimes I'll take like an entire chunk of scene and like move it to a different part of the book because mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what, this doesn't really belong here. It doesn't flow well. Let me change up. So yeah, there's there's a lot of like just messing around with it until even like the page is almost supposed to be printed and just like, all right, this text looks weird. Let me like clean that up a little so i'm just always messing with it basically yeah i once i've got it the script written i do my thumbnails and uh when i actually go to pencil them sometimes i'll adjust something whether it's you know the whatever angle i was thinking for it isn't going to work or 
eliminate a panel or two just to depending on how it's actually flowing when I'm actually working on it finally. Have you ever completely redrawn a panel last minute? Mm. I don't think I have for my own stuff. I have for other people's stuff. No. But and that and usually that's even on me not liking what I did for them the first time around. Mm. Changing it. Mm. But that's interesting. Is it almost a pressure of with it with working for yourself, you're like, no, it, it, I, it's not perfect, but it's good. Whereas when you're working with someone else, is there more pressure to perfect something? I, I think if you'd asked me about a year ago, I probably I would have said, yeah, now I'm to the point where it is what it is. And I just keep going because <laughs> I've got too much other stuff to do. So I'm like, if they don't like it, well, I'll fix it and in inks or whatever. And, uh, yeah. But yeah. It, one it one of the editors in TV that I worked with, he always used to say, it's better than good. It's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, I've always tried to remember that. Just like, That's yes, great. you want to make it as good as you can, but it's better than good. It's done. You finished it and it's, it's, that's the best you can do, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah, but then I, you and Tinker. I, I find it's, it's just, it's awesome that you guys can take, you know, you're, you're with your doing your thumbnails. You're since you're also lettering the books yourselves. You know, you're doing everything. You're doing that graphic design, and I'm talking with my. What do, what should I do with my hands? Sorry. <laughs> uh, you're you're doing all that kind of you know, up that graphic design work kind of up front. You know, so you can mm-hmm. then come in when you need to do it. And I think that's just really really cool because, you know, it it leads to a. A page that the graphic elements of the text are they feel more part of it than you know kind of an overlay or you know something that's done after I, th- I think that's really cool yeah I, I've dabbled in lettering before this mm-hmm. but um, I, I personally hate Illustrator oh, I okay. it, but I like I really want to letter this one so I need to get used to it uh, you have not checked out this book? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have that on my nighttime table. Uh, just because this is also a podcast, what's the name of that one? You oh, started? it's uh, The Essential Guide to Comic Book Lettering by Nate Picos. Okay. And Blambot.com is... Blambot. Yeah. yeah. And it, he literally walks you through it step by step. And I'm like... I don't want to throw my computer out the window right now because I'm so used to using Photoshop and Illustrator is totally different that I usually hate using it and I don't mind it now. So, but since I wanted to do that, I made sure to, like I always tried to figure out where there's space for balloons for working on other people's stuff. But this time knowing I have to do it myself, like, okay, there's a room here. We'll put balloon here as I'm figuring out. So yeah. No, I've I've heard someone say that, um, and as I'm glad that I can't draw because I every script I've ever sent to an artist, the story has come back better than the script. Every single one, it's not even close. And I and having that second brain or third brain, depending on how many artists are involved, makes the story better. But I 
think maybe it was Frank Miller who, who said that like a writer artist, the cartoonist is the should be the goal of comics. The one person who mm. who creates everything and brings it to an audience. So I I have amazing, you know, like we, Will and I joke that you piss us off and you kind of do, but I have amazing respect for you be able to do it. And yet I'm still kind of glad that I have to hand it off because I, I, I'm a better writer because I'm not the last person telling the story. You know, I, I've got an editor, I've got an artist, you know, the, shoot, DC Hopkins, our letterer makes the story better with his choices um, so the collaboration is wonderful, but like being able to do it all yourself and have the story actually be coherent from A to Z is extraordinary. And don't let Kevin fool you. The real reason that we only write is so that we get our emails. I mean, that's, yes, that's the reason. <laughs> right before you go to sleep, email yourself and wake up to your art. You're going to, you're going to be happier. I'm going to do that. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So it's well, a rush. Well, Robert, let's uh, let's check out uh, Turner Family uh, Terrors. Your page. sure. I whenever I coach these teams, I get like a few hour reprieve from uh, my phone, and uh, so this is, this is your baseball is your zen. I don't know if it's my Zen. I mean, I have just as much of a heart attack and panic attack <laughs> on the, on the diamond. And I'm dealing with a bunch of little kids, rascals, but we funded today. Oh, so, nice. Congratulations. So that's, that is like the big news. We, um, I woke up today and we were like a couple hundred dollars away and I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is going to happen. And so we trick, things trickled in. And then I was just thinking about it. There's like this weird sort of like twilight zone little time period where you kind of know you're going to get funded mm -hmm. and you know you're going to get funded to like you're like an hour, you're like $150 away or something. Yeah. And so it's either going to happen in like the next like five seconds right. or it's going to happen in like, 12 hours right so there's just there's this really strange i was just thinking about this strange feeling it's like nervous excitement but you just you know it's going to be good but you but you're not there yet yeah and so uh by half an hour later we hit it and um yeah it was very exciting um so it was interesting when i was mapping out like the kickstarter uh everything came to this day because all the preparation, everything, because I booked, I, I knew I had to deliver a show. I knew uh, for my day job, I knew I had the baseball game and I knew I was coming on your show. And thank, thank you again for having me on your show. Um, so I knew once I got here, I could just talk comics and have a beer. Uh -huh. And I got funded today as well. So it's like very, <laughs> very cool. But um, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's nice. Well, I've I wanted to, uh, we like to talk about the explain yourself bump 
that you okay. get after being on this show. Oh, Will sure. I, yeah, I love that. I love that. Let's talk about yeah. that. Will and I get credit for every backer that backs for the rest of your campaign. <laughs> <laughs> From the moment you said, hi, my, my son, you know, got a hit to, yeah. to the end. We, get yeah. credit. we don't take a percentage. We just take credit. We just okay. take credit. Yeah. Right. So I want to buy, I want to back the Kyle Roberts is there a way for me to get the first two issues if I back Kyle? Do I do that in backer kit or are there add-ons? So we're seriously getting credit for this one because I'm going to do it on the show. Oh. <laughs> oh. Also, that is a beautiful cover. Yes. Yeah, Kyle is. is. Yeah, Kyle Thank is you. That one was... Um, so what I love, I love... Uh, checking out all my friends' artwork and their comics and saying, oh, this guy's really good. I want to work with that dude. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, I saw his stuff in Nightmare Theater 1, but also went with Clay's um, Blazing Blade of Frankenstein, mm -hmm. um, which J James, you're the editor on that too, I think. I think that's and, the rumor, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, so I was like, yeah, I want to work with him. And I was able to nail him down for some inks. And then another person, I'm another great um, artist and writer, uh, um, Wes Hartman. I met him over this past year. Uh, he does the Savage uh, Sasquanaut. And I got him to color it. And I think that we have, if you want issues one, two, and that one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, put on, I've been meaning to do this, that there's sort of like pocket add-ons, mm -hmm. put issues one and two and the issue two variant on as add-ons. Okay. And so I can do that and then you can buy the, uh, the variant and then get the first two issues. I have a few other tiers that kind of get close to that, but not exactly that configuration. All right. But I, since, we're do, since you're doing this live, I suggest a Kevin-only tier, just one <laughs> of one. I would say it would be roughly $99. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Plus, plus shipping on Backer Kit. He loves shipping I lo on Backer I love, Kit. I love, I love paying after the fact. That's something that everybody knows. Was... I'm huge into NFTs, and I love uh, paying shipping exactly. that I don't expect. That was about double the price I was thinking about, but I'm going to go with James's uh, <laughs> suggestion there. And um, so, uh, but yeah, so we had some great covers. Uh, Easton Hawk is back again. He does great. Um, are you are you pledging right there? Yeah, man. Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, he finished pledging. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now I'm tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you everything. Okay. I've never All right, seen, well, I've never I better get I better before. get on it. First so exciting. Give me a little bit of time. First thing tomorrow, I'm going to add my uh my at my extra add-ons and uh <laughs> make that update about the super special uh Kevin add-on add uh, <laughs> that you can uh now get uh, listen, courtesy I, of Kevin. I really appreciate it being special to me, but I'm going to be magnanimous here, and I'm going to say you can uh, allow more people to pledge it and <laughs> charge less than James. Okay, right. I'll think. I'll think Both about things. that. More people, less money. I'm uh, perfectly fine with. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. We'll see. see you know, you 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 do something that that 
I do a lot too, which is, you know, have multiple covers because, you know, we're doing single issues. Um, you know, Matta, you've got uh, a bonus cover that you've got for this issue number four. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't notice, uh, Nate, did you have multiple covers for Punk Rock Ninja or just the nope, single it's, cover? Just the one. Okay. Yeah, I kept it simple. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to piss off your artist by bringing yeah, in some other. <laughs> having 18 covers i suggest i suggest a new add-on yeah special (laughs) cover that has like a giant crowd scene (laughs) (laughs) at least 250 backers all on the cover (laughs) it's gonna be a where's punk rock ninja in this you know uh, jeff darrow level of uh, detail cover right So, um, Robert, I, you know, we got into the, just the pledging and stuff, but um, how, how long is this arc or is this series envisioned to go? Um, so this uh, volume is going to go four issues. And um, we started out two years ago, maybe two years, two and a half years. And um, we have completed... Uh, three issues and we're seven pages done with um, issue four. Ski's working on that right now. And so with, we also did a six page short story in um, Nightmare Theater 2. And so I was thinking about this today, actually trying to count how how many pages we've actually done. And so we've completed 103 pages of artwork uh, in the past um, two, two, two years to almost two and a half years, something like that. And so we have the last issue is 30 pages with 20, 23 pages left. When I get the next six pages from ski, then we'll almost be halfway done with issue four. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's sort of been the the goal. That's been the dream, like starting, starting down this journey, starting down this path a couple of years ago was to, to make the trade paperback, to make the graphic novel. And, I wrote the outlines and I wrote this, the scripts for a couple of them and the rough scripts for the last couple. And yeah. And it's, and here we are like two and a half years later and one worldwide pandemic and (laughs) you know, issue three got fun. That was your fault. It was my fault. Yeah, man. Jesus, dude. I screwed the pooch on that one, dude. Sorry, sorry. I'm really glad you got your comic in, but you didn't have to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, but it's, yeah. So that's, that's, that's with, um, and then I, I know where, I know where it's going after that. Okay. Um, But I'll probably just to, I'll probably do a one, um, I'm messing around with doing like a, a Christmas special. Oh, type nice. type of type of thing, just sort of kind of being a one shot, but doing it in a, you know, some sort of theme, some sort of just a 22 pager that I could do. Um, and then we'll just we'll see how things go and then and then and then maybe dive into the next um, volume. But um, I have I, I have a few other ideas for a few other things. So I want to. I want to do do um, do turn of frame of terrors and, and maybe do uh, a few other things. So I, I really that's why I really enjoy doing the anthology and doing like a six pager. Um, so I have a few ideas that I think I'll probably do that. I'll maybe kind of 
write a short story for some of these other ideas and do like a six pager, maybe work, work with some new artists. I really enjoy working with a new, new artist. I love working with Ski, but even Turner Family Terrors, this past uh, issue two, I worked with um, a, another cover artist, a variant artist, and three pinup artists. And then for this for this issue, I worked with two other or uh, three cover artists and uh, two pinup artists. So um, yeah, so it's we'll just keep it going, keep telling stories and um, collaborating with artists and being creative and all that good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it is twelve twenty one. We've gone through each of the campaigns. Let's do, we didn't ever do like the real proper 30 second elevator pitch at the beginning. We kind of, you know, I started off at an 11. And uh, so consider yourself at a con. Somebody is walking past your table. You have 12 seconds to get their attention. James, House of Fear, go. Goosebumps meets Tales from the Crypt. Bam. Matt, a sacrimony. Go. Uh, fallen God ruins everything and everybody hates him. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nate, punk rock ninja, go. Ninjas, robots, punk rock. Damn, that was three seconds. Wow, that's, All right. That's... Robert, you got you uh, got to cut cut off. Your <laughs> uh, Simpsons uh, meets Hellboy. If you dig uh, Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein, you'll dig this comic. Nice. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You you have done your entire responsibility. Um, you can hang with Will and I as we go over the campaigns from creators how, who are still live. How I got a question. How's yeah. James doing getting close to 200? Oh, oh we, yeah. Good three. question. We were three away at the beginning. And we are three away. We're still three away. Sorry, James. I've already backed this one. I can't help you. My, on this one. I also have already backed it. My wife has a Kickstarter account, so you're you're down for a dollar for me. So, uh, so consider yourself only two away. You know, it's funny. I I joked with Will and Kevin earlier that uh, every time I promoted that the bundles is saying once we reach a certain milestone uh, backer number, I would get a flurry of one dollar backers. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey not, that's, I love all the backers. That's great. I love it, and uh, I just thought that was kind of funny. So, like, yeah. I totally expect you know in the next two and a half hours or whatever it is to see three one dollar backers. Hey, <laughs> Ninety cents in your pocket each time. Nothing I will. I will be honest. So it's well past my bedtime. So I won't wait up until midnight. If I'm all at right. two hundred at six thirty in the morning or four thirty whenever I wake up. I'll, I'll accept that. So. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to, to to scoot it over a little bit. Yeah. Well, well, then I won't wait up either, and you just email me in the morning and let me know if my wife needs to uh, yeah. show, you, show you a dollar. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're at two nine or one ninety nine. I need I need a dollar. <laughs> I just said it's past my bedtime, and it's only ten thirty. You guys are on the East Coast. Some of you aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. it is like an hour and a half past my bedtime. Yeah. I'm here. I'm exhausted. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Robert, it was great to meet yeah. you. Congratulations yeah, on the great, great to meet game. all you guys. So nice to meet you, Matta. Oh, nice you to know, meet you too. It's been cool chatting with you online. We've been very supportive. It's very cool. So it's nice to to uh, see your face and uh, say hi. And nice yeah. to see James again and meet Nate yeah, and Will too. and Kevin. So this is, very, this is great. Thank you. 
Tell your son he's my new baseball hero. Yeah. You'll see some video. baseball card now. You'll see, some, uh, see, you'll see a big video tomorrow on Facebook with his big hit. So Nice. Uh, Looking nice. forward to it. <laughs> have a good night, James. All right. Have a great night. night. Good to yeah. see you. Thanks for having Take me care. on. Thanks. I'll see you guys soon. Maddie, you can go to sleep too. I don't want to yeah, hold I'm, keep you I'm up. about to hit the old dusty trail. <laughs> uh, always great to see you. Always great to see you guys uh, too. All right. Have a great night. Good night, Nate. And Nate took off. He didn't even say he, he just noped on he, out. I'm, 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 you know, all right, we're going to, we're going to edit Nate out of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, done. <laughs> no, of course not. He was awesome. Okay. All so, right. Night, night. All right. So, um, let's do this. Well, I think you and it I, is new rat city, new rat city, honor Vincent's, um, amazing sci-fi cautionary tale uh basically manhattan is underwater because of global warming all the humans have to leave and decades later it's basically just a tourist uh place that the animals have overrun you are no longer allowed to hurt animals in any way so pest control is definitely different and but the animals have gotten so in control that the city is going to let them uh kill animals for one week and there's just this amazing sci-fi story that's well researched educational but does not get in the way of a great story with amazing art i can't say enough about new rat city yep it's it's awesome definitely and honestly uh that's about it i think man <laughs> well let's put up we'll put up the uh the thing uh last week i remember we forgot to put over crossover division <laughs> slash ks to uh -huh. um your preview page so that everybody can be there on day one of crossover divisions launch uh before what day are you? you told me this today you're looking to launch on uh tuesday the 31st tuesday and the 31st gonna run until july 1st so awesome. yeah, 31 day campaign basically and, um and, and You've told me that something's maybe coming from the world of Tart, right? We are getting real ready. Let me see. I um, turned in the Tart hardcover collection to be reviewed yesterday. And the project status is it is still in review, which is not at all a surprise. Um, I'll, um, you know what? Why don't I share the page? All right, guys, this is uh, if, if you're uh, on the podcast, you're going to have to go to uh, YouTube to see this um, or else this is going to be pretty boring part. Um, yeah, here's the page. Uh, let's go to story. This is some Kickstarter behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, this will be the a collection of issues four through seven, which is the submerged arc. Um, but we're going to do this as a hardcover, and it is going to match exactly the hardcover collection that we have for Adrift, which I'm going to go grab really quickly. And I'll tell you the story behind it, actually. And while he's doing that, um, we don't want him to hear this, but I'm really looking forward to this book because I've got the other hardcover and this one's going to match it and I'm going to get, uh, no, and he's back and I have to shut up now. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just no, saying how much I'm looking forward to this hardcover because I have that hardcover and this one's going to be a great addition to the, uh, to the library. 
Yeah, we're. I, I'm excited. I, I've always wanted Ludo's books to um, be on a bookshelf. Actually, mm -hmm. once he started turning the um, art in, I was like, oh, this is kind of like, art is a better book than I can make, which I, I say without um, insincerity. It's just like, I, I probably wouldn't make this book without Ludo's um, inspiration and what he likes to draw on. I'm just always trying to make it give him something that excites him. Mm -hmm. And so we we had a chance to get this hardcover um, made for a printer that was coming into business. And they wanted to show off all of the really cool, interesting things that they can do with the um, like the foil on the book and the dust cover and these cool inside things and so we had this hardcover and we've always wanted to match it um but we only had 1500 copies made uh at the beginning and the first the first thing we were only going to get 500 of the copies and they were going to have a thousand copies to give away that's how we ended up with these hardcovers we had to pay for shipping and a couple other things and then the company unfortunately went under they did a lot of really good work for a little while and they um you know stuff happens and uh they didn't and i got a email message from a warehouse they hadn't paid their last couple months rent and they were like you need to pay the rent to get your books and i was like look i i'm sorry about this but those aren't my books I don't, I want them. I'd love them, but I'm not, I can't pay somebody's rent. I don't know how much money that they were even talking about. <laughs> and so they said, well, we can, we can sell them to you. And I was like, okay, if you make an offer that I can afford, I will buy them. But if not, you know, like I'm under no, I'm not paying anybody's rent. I'm not responsible for a darn thing. This wasn't me. And they gave me um, an offer that was, was valuable enough. So, Basically, I have 1,300 copies of the uh, hardcover, which I only ever thought I was going to get 500. So we're going to match as many as we can of the submerged, but we're never going to go higher. So we may do a 1,500 book run, but if we can only afford with this, this our um, goal will print 1,000. I want to print 1,500 because, as everybody knows, the price per book goes down once you get to a certain point. Um, but if we can only afford a thousand, when it comes to the next volume hardcover, 1000 is going to be the ceiling because I don't want it to be a situation where people ha have three of the six hardcovers. I want people to have a full set. They all match. They're all the same size. You don't have the thing where vertigo's this big on, on one and vertigo's <laughs> that big on the next. So we're, we're just trying to build a hardcover collection and we're really excited about it. Um, and we're going to see, we're going to see how it goes, but I'm excited. Well, but at the end of the hardcover collection, we're going to get something special. Okay. So at the end of the hardcover collection, I am going to look into the possibility and plausibility of doing a slip case that they all fit into. That is my goal, my hope. That's my hope and my dream. I've stopped saying it's my goal because I really don't know if it's possible. <laughs> and I won't know if it's possible until we get to the end. But yes, 
my hope is that if it's a six volume uh, uh, series, you have the six books, and on when the six books come comes, it comes in a uh, slipcase, and then you put your other five in with it. But um, I'm not promising that because I don't know. I don't know if we have the technology. I don't know well, if that's what it. we want. That's yes, what we want. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's exciting uh, and yeah, nerve wracking. Done a lot of work on the campaign this week. Brent Fowler has been. Uh, working on the imagery for us, doing a great job. Um, the project image you saw was, was all Brant. And uh, yeah, excited, excited. Um, getting nervous. Maybe that's why I was at 11. <laughs> hey, can we show the uh, sign-up page for uh, Crossover Division number four? Let's do it. We have a moment. Yeah, and absolutely. I was looking for the submer uh, I mean, uh, Tart Adrift. I've got it up there on the bookshelf somewhere. I just can't see it at the moment. Oh, that's all right. I showed mine. Yeah. I, you don't have to show me yours. I showed mine. <laughs> that just took a really weird turn, didn't it? It did, didn't it? <laughs> they shouldn't leave us alone together. They nope. shouldn't do it. Nope, they should not. So uh, Here it is, that gorgeous image. Oh, yes. Uh, Emily Pearson, awesome artist, uh, doing one of our variant covers. Um, in fact, on Monday... Uh, I will be revealing the final cover to uh, my uh, mailing list, uh, The Midnight Hour, uh, by Fellhound. And Fell is an amazing oh, nice. artist, too. So we'll be revealing that. And then I'll, of course, be um, spamming Twitter and Facebook as much as humanly possible over the next few weeks to uh, promote those covers because the art on this is awesome. And the standard cover by... so. We have a standard cover by uh, Alice Leclerc, who did the art for number three, which is in the printer queue at the moment. Yes. Okay. Um, and she's also doing the standard cover and the art for issue four. Uh, Pablo Martinena is doing the uh, a variant or first variant cover. And the cool thing about Alice and Pablo's covers is Alice's three and four fit together, and Pablo's three and four fit together to form one image, which is really cool. Like and then, uh, yeah, then we've got uh, Fellhound's cover. We've got uh, a, a, another cover by Mog Park. Uh, mm. If you've if you've hung around us a little bit, then you know that Mog has done some um, does amazing work, um, and uh, she's doing the art for Snowpaw by uh, our buddy Rob Multari. So five, uh, four variant covers and a standard cover, and uh, we'll be launching at the end of the month. So I'm. I'm excited. Oh, and we're up to 142 followers. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I was really happy to see that I had followed it. I, it would have been embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Shawnee says the art is awesome. So spam away. We plan to. We plan to. Absolutely. And Mog. Mog is awesome. Yes, oh, she she's is. incredible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she does a lot of, a, a lot of our has like extra sensory stuff. So if you see it in real life, it's mm -hmm. a whole nother piece of art, uh, which is pretty pretty neat too absolutely well, there's exciting stuff on the on the horizon well that's right good stuff yep all right thank you uh yep. thank you to everybody who was in the chat everybody who uh watched live if you're uh listening to the podcast um other podcast so hosts say to rate and review it so um i guess do that i don't know yeah i don't know I don't, I don't know what that means. So. We're, we're, I'm just happy that it's on on podcast because I know that I don't have a lot of time to rewatch YouTube, whereas when I'm driving, I have time to listen to podcasts. So I'm excited that we have that 
that option. So, you know, like even if you hate us, five stars and then, you know, tell us to fuck off in the uh exactly in the comments. But do the five stars. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. We've got another packed house. Uh uh we're we're trying to limit it to four at the most and we're I think we're at four already next week. So yeah. So uh you know if you're a creator and you want to be on uh message Will or I and we'll try to get you on. All right. Absolutely. Everybody have a great night. Thank you.